630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's just after 6 o'clock. We're rolling into the weekend. Now, I know it's not a long weekend, but I've talked to a lot of people who felt a little gypped after last weekend. Canada Day, a lot of you got an extra day off, not a three-day weekend, but the weather wasn't great, so maybe you didn't get to enjoy what you usually would enjoy uh, on a long weekend. So I figure we can maybe treat tonight like it's the start of a long weekend. I know the the, the weather's not perfect, but but I'm looking out the window here. It doesn't appear to be raining. It doesn't appear to be sunny, but it doesn't appear to be raining. It seems like you could spend a little bit of time outside. So the way I see it is we got a choice. And you can weigh in on the text line, 630-630. We do inside sports, as usual. And I think we got a pretty good show lined up. We're going to have some fun, some fun guests, some informative guests. And we'll go through the show. We can do the show as normal. But again, that's normal. That's what we always do. Or or we, we load all the inside sports listeners on buses. And there's only 14 of you, so I think we'd only need one bus. Uh, we stop and get some pizza and some potato chips and some beverages. And uh, we go down to Har- Horlock Park and we party for the next two hours. I-, I think those are the choices. Find a nice green spot, lay all the food out, and we pretend it's the start of a long weekend. Can we? I think we could do that. I think, hang on a second, I'm just getting a text here from Sid Smith. He's a big boss man here at 630 Chad. Read, you moron. Get to work and do... Okay, I'm not going to read the whole text. All right, I guess we're doing the show. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll leave the... We'll maybe do that pizza party some other night. CFL tonight, five minutes left in the first quarter. Winnipeg leading Ottawa 7-1 as the Bombers try to stay undefeated after beating the Eskimos... Last week, uh, Ottawa undefeated as well on the season. Bit of a surprise there. Speaking of surprises, you had uh, Montreal beat Hamilton last night. That was pretty pretty unexpected. 780-496-0063 is the open line. Again, you can text 630-630. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, and the email is insidesports at 630shed.com. We have some special guests uh, coming up this evening. Uh, actually, somebody already texted in that they're looking forward to hearing this gentleman on the show. He is, and I have a lot of people I love talking to. This guy is definitely an inside sports all-star. He's going to be on after 7 o'clock. Jed Roberts is going to check in, former Edmonton Eskimos defensive lineman, uh, always entertaining, always informative, haven't had him on for a while. So Jed is going to pop on also later tonight. I'm not even sure what this person's title would be. And I I don't mean that as uh, disrespectfully. I guess I'll ask her when she's on how she would like to be referred to. Maria Vicente is on the show, and she is the uh, Edmontonian who cheers for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who has started the petition for the Riders to bring back the old Gainer the Gopher. Have you seen this, Kellen? Have you, I heard about the petition. You heard yeah. about the petition. We, we Jamie and I was on 
on when was that on Tuesday night, the day after the Riders played on on Canada Day and beat Toronto quite easily in the in the storm delayed game, and he was a little furious about it. And he said, there's this petition, so I, I, I got to hold Maria, and she is uh, willing to come on. I did not realize, Rider Nation, they're passionate. Some would say rabid. <laughs> By the way, why wasn't that the redesign of Gainer the Gopher? Just like, have a foaming at the mouth actual rabid goner. Uh, gomer. Gopher. Like that would be a that would be a scary intense mascot, and probably would have been less offensive to all the people who don't like the fact that the the gopher has sort of human eyes. So she's doing the petition. We'll see where it's at, where she thinks it can go. If if the riders have responded, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that should be fun. We'll have an update on the Brick Invitational. Team Brick Alberta is doing great. They haven't lost. They're in the semifinal tomorrow. We'll break down the schedule with Andy Wakeston. He's the executive director of the tournament. He's coming up after the 6.30 news. The Edmonton Eskimos back at practice today after their bye week. Their next game is at the BC Lions on Thursday. It's on 6.30, Ched, with the countdown to kickoff at 6. The game will be at 8. And, of course, the Eskimos led by quarterback Trevor Harris who was the CFL's Player of the Month for June? I'm just being a cog in the engine. I'm doing my 112th, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm just thankful to be here. I have great O-line. They've done a tremendous job for us this year. CJ's done outstanding in terms of pass protection, running the football, catching out of the backfield, and our receivers are, you know, buying into their roles and making plays. And uh, this offense is constructed to where those receivers sometimes they may have one catch, and the next week they may have 11. They may have one for three weeks in a row. And uh, but their turn is going to come, and that's just how this works. And uh, we have guys buying into what we're doing. And really, when you have guys that have total buy-in, and everybody uh, understands the bigger picture, uh, good things happen. And uh, we just got to we got to fix a few things from the last week, and uh, we'll get rolling. Trevor Harris looking very good so far this season. Unfortunately, Eskimos unable to get a touchdown against Winnipeg. Otherwise, they they likely would have been able to pull that game out against the Bombers last Thursday. Trevor Harris. Now, Kellen, I may have done, I may have committed a faux pas. I may have committed a, uh, I may have committed a, I may have shown my poor social graces. Okay. I, I may have, I, I may have crossed the line with Trevor Harris today. So, you know this, you watch all the games. He's not thrown an interception, right? But that, Correct. To me, that's a statement of fact, right? But, a, but I, I asked him about, I'm going to, I'm going to play the whole clip. Uh, I brought that up, and you. So after I asked the question, you got to imagine Trevor looking at me and giving me the shush sign with the, the finger to the lips, and then you'll hear John Svexmith, our buddy from Global Television, chime in. I, I didn't think that was a big deal, but but maybe it is a big deal. But that's true. Trevor Harris has not thrown an interception, and he has only been sacked once in three games. So the Eskimos, hey, not perfect, but pretty good offensively and avoiding a lot of negative plays. Anyway, here's how this went down. Trevor, you haven't been intercepted. You weren't sacked until the third. <laughs> That's like saying Wait. shut out in hockey. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and, and you weren't sacked until the third game of the year in, in Winnipeg. How have you and maybe the offense as a whole avoided what can be really costly negative plays? Yeah, we just we just uh, we highlight taking good care of the football. We don't want to turn the ball over. Uh, we don't want negative plays. We don't want sacks. 
points and penalties. And so when we put those things together, we go in with an emphasis on just executing our game plan and doing what we're supposed to do and focusing on that. And that allows us to not turn the ball over because the old adage that when you're out there on the par three and there's water in front of the green, you say don't hit it in the water, usually you hit it in the water. And so we're just focusing on how we can execute. All right, and Harris very uh, quick to share the the credit for how the offense has looked so far this season. And Kellen, as you know, oops, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that was a little bit of horrible noise. This microphone is apparently a little loose. Mm-hmm. All right, hopefully that didn't crack any eardrums. I I I am totally not superstitious with there. I will see if a goalie has a shutout. I'll say oh, yeah. well, he's got a shutout going. Yeah, you said it before a third period of a lot of Oilers games uh, in the past. And sometimes they would get a shutout, and sometimes they That's wouldn't. Right. What what one little guy sitting in a in a studio or in a in a booth at a hockey rink has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. But I'm sure if Trevor Harris does throw an interception against the BC Lions. Uh, some some of you will blame me for it. That's that's fine. But Trevor Harris has looked very good. I mentioned he has only been sacked once in three games. I think he's been getting good protection. He also gets the ball off quite quickly. But a commitment to a run game and more success with the run game has been huge for the Eskimos so far this season as well. C.J. Gable is averaging 5.8 yards per carry. And one guy doing a great job on the offensive line. He grew up in Sherwood Park. He played for the U of A Golden Bears, drafted by the Eskimos back in 2015, really cemented himself as a pro over the last couple of years. And uh, that is David Beard. And I caught up with David at practice today. We started off talking about his bye week. Yeah, got to spend some good family time. Got out, tried to do a little bit of fishing. The weather wasn't cooperating, but tried to get a little bit of that. And had some team time too. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good. Good to take a break. Seems like there's a huge emphasis on team bonding and togetherness this season. Is it different from your your other years as a pro, the whole approach everybody's taking? Uh, certainly with regards to the bye weeks. Um, bye weeks in the past have been um, a little more freelance, kind of go home to your family or whatever. And this week, uh, Moss is obviously prioritizing some team time. And so um, we had a shorter bye week. Um, it was, we still got four days, um, but it was it was something that was important to the team. I think important to all of us, if I can speak for everyone. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good bye week. And uh, being... I think it was a good change-up in terms of spending a little extra time around here and uh, getting to know the guys a little bit better. I know I had a personal opportunity to be able to spend some more time with guys that maybe I don't see as much on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, it was good. What, what's it like having your, your, your family here? I, I mean, and getting to see you play in person all the time and, uh, and you get the, you know, the daily discussions about the team, I guess, if, mm-hmm. if you have any fans. I know you have fans in the family, but if people want to walk, talk yeah. about it, you're always there. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Like, it's one of the... One of the top on the list of making um, this opportunity pretty special is having family around and being being home. I know that a lot of guys get to see uh, the rest of the country, uh, and that's about the only thing I could possibly think of that would be a perk. But uh, I'm I'm really really happy to be here in Edmonton, and it's that's uh, home. I'm familiar with it, and I got family around. That's one of the best deals. So, yeah. in terms of the play of the offensive line, CJ's has a pretty good. Uh, season so far running the ball mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel you guys are let's start with the running game because I thought that there have been you know especially the first two games there's a lot of times he was getting three four or five yards off the line before he was touched mm-hmm. and I can be I can be correct on this but I believe I was overheard Moss talking about I think CJ's got a five yard average per carry right now and I'm, I'm pretty certain that's correct but um, 
yeah, I mean, he's doing a great job, and he's he's. It's not just about the blocking; like he he sets up a lot of blocks too, and that's something where I want to give him credit for for sure because he's he's doing a phenomenal job. And I, I was asked earlier about CJ, and I said he's doing great, but he hasn't peaked yet, and that's that's saying something because he's doing very well. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's doing a phenomenal job, and we're we're happy to see him doing so well, and we hope that we can help him do that some more. So, and Trevor hadn't been sacked till the game in Winnipeg, who I do think was the toughest team you you'd, you'd played so far. So clearly, uh, the pass blocking is there, and he gets the ball off pretty quick too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Trevor's doing a phenomenal job as well. Um, the protection is not just us again. We're, we're, there's a lot of pieces to that, uh, including Trevor himself, knowing, knowing where we're protecting, where he's going to be hot from and that kind of stuff. So he's doing a great job. I got um, nothing but praise for him. And, um, yeah, we're, we're happy to work for him too. So, And finally, this afternoon, bowling. Yeah, that's right. Any expectations, any goals? Uh, just wins. We're just going to win. <laughs> Teammate, that's my team. We're going to win. Everyone else better watch out. We'll have to check in with David when they're back at practice, how, the, how it went bowling. Huge emphasis on, on team activities, team bonding, unity, playing for the guy next to you from head coach Jason Moss and the coaching staff and the players this season. And this afternoon after practice, a, a, a barbecue was served and it was for everybody who works for the Eskimos, not just the players, coaches, for everybody, everybody in the office, and then everybody went bowling. So it was uh, players, office staff, anybody you could imagine for the Eskimos got to go to this. So trying to pull uh, the whole organization together. The one thing that gets lost in an organization is how hard people work at doing their jobs, doing their, doing their role for you to win a ball game. I mean, we have a big organization now. I mean, when I first got here, that was not as big as it is now. And so, you know, when we were in the other building, you'd walk by and see the people in ticketing, see the people in the front office. You know, uh, you, you got to know everybody. You know, if you're in there in the off season and it was lunchtime, you saw people in the lunchroom. Um, you know, we still have that, but it's upstairs. And, and when the players come in and the coaches come in, we're on the second and bottom level. So, you know, it's... It's nice to do something to, to get everybody together so you put a face to a name, um, you get to know an individual. And I think some most of the time you find in life when you know the person, you have a vested interest in the person, you work harder at your job, and I think you want to do something for someone else. And I think that's the message this year for our team was to do it for somebody else. Don't do it for yourself. You know, Understand the importance of football in Edmonton. Understand you know what teamwork is like in, in, in our organization, and it takes all of us to do it. And um, um, you know, that's what today is about. A little bit there from Jason Moss. All right, so talking Eskimos off the top of the show, they have two away games. They are back home on Thursday, July 25th against the Argos. Do we still have the tickets, Kellen? We have one more set to give away. One more four-pack of tickets to give away for the Eskimos. You're going to have to answer a trivia question live on air, 780-496-0063. I'm going to tell you the question right now. So if you don't feel comfortable or you don't know, you don't have to call in. We just had David Beard on, who is a graduate of the U of A, played offensive line. What former Golden Bears offensive lineman is playing in the game tonight for Ottawa against Winnipeg? Uh, this guy's been on Inside Sports in the past as well. 780-496-0063. We'll get to the contestants when we get back. This is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. Oh, thanks, Greg. All right, this is the kind of... <laughs> this makes me laugh. So I, I've started giving out the question ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, people don't feel bad about calling in and giving the wrong answer. 
But when I give it a question that might be a little bit harder, like, like people called in and just hung up when they heard the question. <laughs> so there are currently no contestants on the line. Which former U of A Golden Bears offensive lineman is playing in tonight's game for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Google it, take 30 seconds, and you can get four tickets to the Eskimos' next home game. That's all you got to do. Yep. This guy's been on the show. Uh, very good young player. And we'll send you to the game. People are texting it in. Oh, you know what, Kellen? Do you have access to the text line? Uh, I logged out of it, but I do have access uh, to it. Get in there. We're going to give it to uh, Jeremy, who texted in the right answer. Mark Cordy. Jeremy, uh, put your ringer on. Kellen's going to call you and get your info and tell you how to get the text. I will call you, Jeremy, in a few minutes for sure. Yeah, Jeremy, hang on. We can get your number there from uh, your text. Well, I'm glad somebody knew it. Thank you, Jeremy. Usually we don't we do not do it through the text line, but because no callers had uh, any inkling today, we're going to give it to Jeremy. That's okay. Eskimo's offensive line. Jason Moss likes it. This year, I know Gibby, when he, when he worked in the offseason, the things he was stressing coming into training camp were getting, was guys getting off the ball, you know, with speed, speed and power getting off the ball. And I think our guys have taken that to heart. Um, you know, we got the type of back that if you move the pile a little bit or move guys off the ball a little bit and he gets a little crease, he can make it a big one. So, uh, you know, and the other thing is we're sticking to the run and we're, we're giving him the carries that he needs to warm up and get going. But uh, our guys got a really a aggressive mindset up front. Um, obviously, every old lineman loves to run the ball, but I think the combination of the old line we have with CJ is conducive to having a successful run game. It's it's looked quite a bit different for the Eskimos so far this season. I, I think a couple things have changed. They they do have a different quarterback, and and I know Jason said it last week that there's always the option to change the play at the line of scrimmage. To, to call it to do a pass instead of a run and I think sometimes uh, Mike Riley might have been more prone to do that than Trevor Harris has been and and I think the offensive line is just really clicking so far they've really come together even without Sir Vincent Rogers you know Tommy Dreheim has ste- stepped in and done a good job so that bodes really well for the Eskimos if they can continue to, to control the ball that way along the ground 8-4 Winnipeg leading Ottawa in Friday night football there five minutes into the second quarter. We got him, Kellen? Yep, we got him. I got the info, and he had to jump off quickly, but he said thank you very much for the tickets. So. All good. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad we gave, gave them away. Some other updates here to tell you about the uh, Edmonton Stingers. This game was about half over when we signed off last night. Got a win, 102-92 over Hamilton in Canadian Elite Basketball action. Uh, they improved to 7-4 on the season. They are second in the league. They will play at Guelph tomorrow. FC Edmonton with that match tomorrow in Hamilton against Forge FC. That is the start of the fall season already in the CPL. The Edmonton prospects are in Okotoks tonight. They lost 3-2 to Medicine Hat last night. The prospects have been uh, kind of up and down this season. They are 14-17 and 17 on the year a half game out of the playoffs. They're fifth in a six-team division, pretty tight. Team Brick Alberta, and we're going to have more on the Brick Invitational in the next half hour of the show, is 6-0, and but they're done the round robin. So they finish the pool play at 6-0, and beat Manitoba 2-0 today. So Team Brick plays a semifinal at the Ice Palace tomorrow at 2-10. Opponent to be determined in the quarterfinals in the morning. 
And don't forget the championship game coming up on Sunday at 12.30. Andy Wigston, executive director of the tournament, actually one of the founders of the Brick Invitational, now in its 30th year. He's going to check in when we get back. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope your Friday's off to a great start. Uh, I appreciate the people who texted in and, and wanted to get on a bus and get some pizza and go to Horlick Park. We'll have to try to arrange that for another night. This is Don Unum of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Always get more content on 630ched.com. We got this great podcast, the ePod, focused on the Edmonton Eskimos. Morley Scott putting that together. Today's episode, it comes out every Friday, features Philip Lawley, the defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos, focusing on his 40 years in football. He's obviously been a big addition to the team. He said he was going to bring pressure. He's been bringing pressure so far. I know a lot of you wanted to see that, so you can get that on the ePod. Of course, any talk shows are logged there on 630ched.com. Gaetan Haas, the new Edmonton Oiler from Switzerland, was on with Bob Stoffer earlier today. So if you missed that, you'll want to check that out. He was on around uh, 12.15. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Vic, loyal listener and texture, he says, uh, Reed, the one night, the question I know the answer to immediately, and I can't use the tickets. What a dilemma. Oh, well, better to let others win. He knew it was Mark Cordy. I, I don't, I, 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 Vic, I appreciate the text. I, I doubt you, though. I think you're being modest. I think you probably know the answers to most questions immediately, especially if they're pertaining to football. But nonetheless, it was Jeremy winning the tickets. You can text 630-630. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. All right. Uh, I want to head out to West Edmonton Mall and not to do some shopping, to bring in Andy Wigston. He is the executive director of the Brick Invitational. It is getting down to the nitty-gritty at that tournament. Andy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing amazing, doing amazing. We're down to Friday. We're down to Friday. It's uh, it's getting down to crunch time. And what a week so far for Team Brick Alberta. Andy, 6-0 and after a 2 nothing win over Manitoba this morning. Pretty exciting to see the local team doing so well. Oh, it's amazing. It's a long time. I think it was 2006 the last time uh, they finished first in, in a conference. So that's it's just fabulous. It's, they just played so well this week. Uh, we're just so excited. We can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and we roll into the playoffs uh, on the weekend. Team Brick, Alberta, uh, 6-0, and so they will get a bye into the semifinal. And, uh, right. you know, I had Umberto Fiorillo, their head coach, on the other night, and he said, we're, we're one game at a time. I'm not thinking ahead, but i I got to mention this, Andy. 20 goals, four and six games. They've only allowed eight goals against and had the shutout um, today. That's right. That's right. Uh, just they're, they're a puck possession team, Reed total puck possession team they they control the play it's just been really really amazing to watch them okay so going into the weekend now i guess we gotta wait until tomorrow morning right to find out who team brick alberta is going to play have is that narrowed down at all yet well, or do we still got some things to decide so on that side uh team brick's in first uh toronto pro hockey just won eight one so they're in second so now, Team Brick, our Team Minnesota and Team Quebec play the last game of the tournament 
tonight at uh, at seven uh, ten. That will determine who win goes in, lose, you're out. So they'll get the third spot on that side. On the other side, Connecticut Rangers are in, Toronto Bulldogs are in, and then we have a, a, a three-way tie or two-way tie here. So Bulldogs versus Chicago. If Chicago wins it, they're in second place. If they tie it and, and then win it, they're in third place. If they lose it, Western Selects get it in. So that's it. this is the first time I can remember in history where we've had the last two games on Friday night of the tournament decide who gets in and who doesn't. Okay, well, this is exciting. This worked out perfectly. So definitely something to, to keep updated on tonight. That's awesome. Andy Wigston joining us in Inside Sports, Executive Director of the Brick Invi- Invitational, 30th edition of the tournament. Uh, you and I talked briefly a week ago, Andy, at the uh, annual news conference to set everything up. And I, I mean, it's amazing for you. You've been there since day one. Is there anybody else that, that has been there all 30 years or is that a distinction you alone hold? No, no, no. I, I wish. No, it's me and Craig Stiles. And uh, we, Craig Stiles, Bill Comrie and myself uh, were the first three to put, when we put this together, Bill wanted to run a tournament. And Craig and I helped out with the team and we ran the tournament and we wanted to keep it going and we thought we'd run it a couple of years and see how it went. It was eight teams over a three-day weekend. Figured it was a pretty good tournament. Now it's 14 teams over a whole week. It has become, it has a life of its own. It's 30 years old. And we're uh, now working with some younger people, training them to take over because as we're getting older, we're not going to be able to do this for another 10 years or 15 years. But we want to keep it going. So it's... uh, it's definitely it's definitely something that uh, has has been enjoyable. I just found actually today I found out I was talking to our the guy who was our head referee Norm Shaw. He's been here all thirty years as well. But that's it. That's the three of us. That's amazing. And what's really cool, and I know Team Brick Alberta last won it in 09, they also, which is the year all of these kids were born, so that's kind of neat. And they also won it, it in 2008. kind of interesting, yeah. Yeah. And then Team Brick Alberta also won it in 2008. Oilers prospect Tyler Benson was on that team, Andy, and, and he came on the show last night and he and he listed off the, like all these these high draft picks and guys who are starting their NHL careers. And what's cool is you hear a lot of players who are pro or even in the NHL, they will still list playing in the Brick Invitational as a career highlight. Like all the way back to they were and now some guys are millionaires in the NHL. That's that's gotta feel pretty good. It's it's really it is. It's um when we see when they come down here too, like a lot of the Edmonton guys come back, right? And they'll come down and wander around the rink, and they they come and help us out. There, it's just amazing to see this happen. Um, it's it's um, it's you know, thirty years is a long time to, to have a tournament together. But we just didn't realize that how many guys play in the NHL. We had two hundred and five in the first, well, I guess, twelve or thirteen years play in the NHL. And uh, it, it's there. And when you think about it, like Colton Braco brought the uh, the Stanley Cup down here the other day, and he never played in the tournament. He just wishes he had. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's true. What, what was that like for I, I mean, I had Umberto on that night, and he talked about it a little bit, but just what did it mean to, to have Colton there with the cop? That was pretty special. It was unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't believe the crowd. I couldn't believe the kids. They were just, they were in awe. I mean, how many kids at 10 years old would have a chance to touch the, the Stanley Cup? And here, all the, we had four teams, two that were going on the ice and two that were coming off the ice. All four teams, he went in all four dressing rooms, spoke to all the teams, 
just amazing. And and you know what? He's such a cool guy. He talks to the kids about their his experience and about winning the cup and the feeling. It is amazing. Just amazing. Well, it's it's been an amazing week, and obviously heading into the playoffs this weekend. Okay, so Team Brick, I mentioned they got the bye. Uh, are they the two ten semifinal tomorrow? They would be the two ten semifinal tomorrow, and then uh, yeah, and, and Connecticut will be the three fifty semifinal tomorrow. Okay, and then the championship game is twelve thirty Sunday. I got that right. Twelve thirty, twelve thirty Sunday. I mean, it's it's. I mean, this year we've had seven overtime games. We're expecting a, a couple tomorrow. Um, you can watch it live on our app or on our website at brickhockey.ca. It's free at the mall, right? So it's uh, come on down and enjoy some hockey. Andy, great stuff. Uh, you know, you, you have such an incredible history with the tournament. Thank you so much for checking in tonight, man. Hope the weekend's perfect. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have Andy Wakeston on the show. So Team Brick, 6-0, 2-0 over Manitoba this morning. They play a semifinal at 2-10 tomorrow afternoon. The championship game, 12-30 on Sunday. Team Brick, Alberta looking very good in that tournament. 15-4, Winnipeg leading Ottawa. Three minutes left in the first half. CFL Friday night football. A couple of games tomorrow, including Calgary at Saskatchewan. We'll get him a preview there. And the latest on Bo Levi Mitchell, quarterback for the Stampeders. Uh, not good for him, at least in the short term. Dave Rose going to check in. All coming up inside sports on 630 Chet. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Great to have you tuning in this evening. Next Eskimos broadcast is Thursday. They will visit the BC Lions. The Lions play Toronto tomorrow. It's going to be 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff on Thursday, and the game will start at 8. My goodness. Is this John on the line? Hi, Reed. How are you? Good. What's up? You know what? I just wondered how your 15-kilometer run went. Oh, thanks for asking. It went extremely well. Of the uh, 10 times I've run that race, this was the second fastest, so it felt pretty good. Oh, nice. You know, did you see there's another run on July the 20th I thought you might be interested in? What's that? It's called the Edmonton Run for Ice Cream, Read. The Edmonton Run for Ice Cream. All right. Yeah, I, that's the only way I'd run is if somebody dangled ice cream in front of me all the way. <laughs> I really respect people who can run. <laughs> I really do. Well, uh, I, I enjoy it, and I'm, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad it's so sorry this mic keeps falling. I'm, it's glad it's something I've, I've made part of, my, part of my life for sure. I had a really good one on Monday. The Canada Day Road Race is, is a great event, and I love that. I love that 15K distance. It's, it's just, yeah. a, just a good well, listen, challenge, was, but it doesn't kill you. I was worried about the Eskimos, uh, the people on the injured list. Like, we really need some of these guys coming back especially Anthony Orange, but on the one-day, one-game injury list, Stephen Santos-Knox and Shaq Cooper and Alex Bazzi and Travis Bond, those are all good guys. And, and I'm just worried that we don't have quite a good enough deep pass coverage yet. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, they're taking on the Lions uh, again, who I think uh, we saw some adjustments in how they played when they took on on uh, against the Stampeders on, on uh, I guess that was on Saturday, even though they still lost the game. 
I mean, you've probably heard me go over that free agent list of the, the 10 guys they signed on the first couple of days of free agency. Parker's out for the season. Sir Vincent Rogers probably out for half the year. Santos Knox hasn't played. Daniels hasn't played, though he's probably getting close. Uh, Unama got hurt in, in, in the first game of the season. So, yeah, I mean, a, li- a little beat up. They, they didn't have the lineup they envisioned. But I, I think they're still doing a lot of good things, John. I, I, I don't think, look, it's, it's a long haul of the season. It's going to be up and down. But I think the Eskimos are as, as equipped as anybody to, to stay right in there. Well, you know, and the other thing is I love the new approach. You know, lots of blitzing, lots of pressure. And that just was missing last year. So they can just, I'd like them to be able to win that next game in BC. And then we've won the series for the season. And that would put BC at, you know, maybe one and four. Yep. So I hope they play well in Vancouver. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see what the the Lions bring. I mean, obviously, I expect them to beat Toronto tomorrow, but they are. I mean, look, Hervey did, Hervey did a good job last year adjusting in season, and and they really came on. But so far, his off season signings have haven't paid off. So we'll see how it goes with them for sure. Great. Thanks for taking my call, Reed. All right. Appreciate it, John. We're going to go down the highway now, get a little bit more on the situation with the Calgary Stampeders and their star quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. Dave Rowe covers the Stamps for our sister station, 770 CHQR Global News Radio. And I'm glad I have the much shorter 6.30 Ched to say for the station I work for. Dave, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Oh, real good, real good, man. My pleasure joining you. Okay, let's start with a little bit of fill-in-the-blank. Bo Levi Mitchell is injured with blank. <laughs> I'm going to say a torn pec muscle that uh, still hasn't been confirmed. When you look at the way he uh, was reacting on the field, uh, you know, when you listen to a couple of things that he hinted at this week, that seems to be the most likely explanation. I mean, you know, the important thing is it wasn't shoulder. He wasn't grabbing at the shoulder. You know, he emphasized a number of times during the week uh, before they pretty much just shut him down for media contact that it was not the shoulder repeat to fade. Well, I was watching that game, and it was, you know, it was interesting how he he grabbed at it, tried another play, and then walked off. And then there was that quick shot of him after the game, shaking hands, but he he was reaching out with his his left arm and kind of doing the the, the cross reach uh, handshake instead of instead of shaking with his right. And that's when I started to think, like, hmm, you know, he's he obviously isn't bad enough. He has to go to the dressing room and get looked at right away, but he's he's already being pretty careful with it. Oh, yeah, definitely favoring it. There is even, uh, if you look at the TSN coverage of the postgame, there's uh, the shot in the dressing room where he's uh, giving the ball to uh, the game ball to Nick Arbuckle, and uh, he's, he's getting his hand while, you know, the right arm, you know, hangled limply uh, at the side. I mean, just sort of all of the, uh, you know, room reading that we try to do when we're trying to figure this out. But I think sort of been like Calgary's own Kawhi Leonard watch all week long, trying to figure out what's going on and what the, what the Stampeders and Bo's next move is going to be. Okay, so uh, he's on the sixth game. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to mix uh, miss six games, but he certainly could. But then, then you get the you get the salary cap flexibility right. with that. I mean, if it is six games, great. You get the cap relief. If you can pull him early, you're going to pull him early. But you know, you, you don't get any chance at cap relief by one gaming a guy for six days. So it's it's a bookkeeping thing as much as anything. Okay, so we we go to Nick Arbuckle and look, we, we can go back almost 25 years now to a franchise that it's just been like, okay, 
Uh, Flutie's gone. Oh, who's this Jeff Garcia guy? Oh, he's pretty good. Oh, Garcia's gone. Oh, who's this Dave Dickinson guy? Oh, he's pretty good. I know they've had a couple little lulls at quarterback, but a lot lot of great players there. Tell me uh, what, what you know about Arbuckle, what you can expect this weekend in Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah, you know, and Dickinson on Henry Burris, and, and, and so it goes. Nick Arbuckle is a guy we really didn't know all that much about. Uh, he was sort of promoted to backup quarterback last year, sort of almost by accident, because Andrew Buckley, who had won the job fair and square, the former Dino, announced just before training camp that he'd been accepted into medical school. So in comes this Nick Arbuckle guy, and we basically didn't see Nick, uh, other than short yardage situations, a little bit of mop-up duty, looked okay, but not really a big enough sample size to make any judgment on him. You know, fast forward to this year, he comes in with Montel Cozart, the number three, and it's more of an open uh, open combat for that number two position, and Arbuckle wins at fair and square, looked uh, very solid in training camp, and uh, I talked to Nick, and he said, you know, he did a lot of work in the offseason uh, in terms of conditioning, uh, in terms of uh, you know work with the playbook, just to be ready for an opportunity like this. Okay, so uh, going into Saskatchewan, and they've been an interesting team to follow with their uh, with their own quarterback situation. Though it's uh, they, they've they've been able to they've been able to score. They don't quite get the stops that they used to when Chris Jones was the head coach for for Calgary. Obviously, an incredible last few years. You, you know, if, if the knock on them, if if anything, is that they they didn't win more Grey Cups than they have in, in recent years. But then this year, it was kind of like okay, they might legitimately drop off and be a little bit more vulnerable. They were upended by Ottawa, and they pulled out an amazing comeback to win at home against the BC Lions. So how do you see the Stampeders here moving forward? Is this a team that can compete for for first in the division? Is this now a team that, that might have wind up going on the road in the postseason? How do you look at it, Dave? I This team still has a lot of upside. I mean, we knew going in, even if they stayed healthy, that it was going to be a work in progress. I mean, there was so much change in, you know, skill positions uh, in the defense. Certainly, you know, the defense got destroyed between free agency and guys going to the NFL. You completely had to re- rework that under a new defensive coordinator. So you figured that it was going to be a matter of time. I mean, what you didn't figure is that you'd be losing defensive linemen like drummers in spinal tap over the first couple of weeks of the season, that the offensive line would be uh, a bit of a sore spot. That was expected to be a strength, but they've had trouble establishing the run to help keep the offense on the field and give the defense a, a little bit of a break. Uh, it's been a crazy start. You you lose a game that you should have won against Ottawa, and then you turn out and you win a game that you pretty much had lost against uh, the BC Lions. So, you know, very much a work in progress. You know, there's still a lot of talent on this football team. You know, you still have Dave Dickinson. You're eventually going to have Bo Levi Mitchell back. You've got offensive weapons like uh, like Eric Rogers. Uh, you've got you know veterans in the backfield, guys like uh, Jamar Wall. So there's a lot of strength on this team. Very solid special team. So I would say you know still contending for a home playoff spot. I just don't know if that's going to be first or second. Well, it's uh, going to be fun, and you know, an, an upset last night in the CFL that, that changed the complexion of the East already, so we'll see what shakes down in the West uh, this week. Eskimos sitting here on a bye week. Hey, Dave, thanks for checking in. Going to be fun to watch tomorrow night, man. Really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Call me often. That is Dave Rowe checking in. Covers the Stampeders for 70, uh, 770 CHQR in Calgary. Good to have him on the show. We're going to have one of our all-time favorites coming up after 7 o'clock, by the way. Jed Roberts, former Edmonton Eskimo, will check in. Also this weekend, internationally, soccer, huge match. It is the final 
of the Women's World Cup, the United States taking on Netherlands. Well, Kellen, I had audio and it's not working. It's okay. Uh, what clip are you trying to play? Millions will be tuning in on Sunday to watch the Women's World Cup final as Team USA takes on the Netherlands. Today at the White House, I asked President Trump if he'll be watching. I don't know that I'll be able I followed up by asking the president for his message for the American team. I just, I hope they do well. I hope they will. President Trump recently engaged in a heated back and forth with American co-captain Megan Rapino, who said if the team wins, she would not accept an invitation to celebrate at the White House. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. I, I found this, this has really been a big thing, I guess with Trump as president, but but other athletes have, have done it in the past as well. About, well. First of all, who cares about going to the White House if you win the championship? I, I suppose if you're a national team, like the, the women's soccer team, maybe, but for a lot, for the Stanley Cup champions, NBA champions, which obviously this year is a Canadian team, I don't know, I think that's lost its mystique and I know some athletes now use it as some kind of political statement but I, I just I just don't think it's a big deal I, I, I don't think for these for the modern day athletes it's a big deal to get to meet the president of the United States regardless of who it is regardless of who it is and I it's to me it's almost a non-story story oh you're gonna go to the White House you know who cares they won the championship that, that's the crowning moment Going to the White House, pretty low down on the list. That's not what they were playing for. Jed Roberts, when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.